In terms of widespread acceptance, artificial intelligence has reached a critical point. It's clear that artificial intelligence, or AI, can bring substantial value to an organization, and corporations are making AI investment a priority. But what about the legal concerns involved? Jones Day's Bob Kantner is here to explain. I'm Dave Dalton. You're listening to Jones Day Talks Technology. Today's focus, artificial intelligence, real legal issues. A partner in Jones Day's intellectual property practice, Bob Kantner recently organized a working group at Jones Day focusing on artificial intelligence and robotics. He also serves on another working group focused on autonomous vehicles. Today, he'll help us sort through the potential legal issues and concerns confronting companies working in the AI space. Bob, thanks for being here. Bob, it seems like no matter what technology is involved, privacy and data protection issues loom large. Talk about the legal implications for artificial intelligence. Sure. What is driving the demand for AI in significant measure is the explosion of data, including but not limited to the explosion of data about individuals through social media and, of course, at the workplace. Traditionally, in the United States, we have regulated data protection by type of information. For example, by statute, the federal government has protected personal information of minors, of students, of patients, and bank customers. But apart from those particular areas, we have employed what's called the third-party doctrine, which means that if you give data or make your data available to a third party, then it's gone in terms of you having any great personal right to protect it. And that is of great concern to individuals as reflected by the recent hacking into a major credit reporting agency and, for that matter, into other companies as well. That pertains to individuals. What about the legal concerns for companies? From the standpoint of the companies in the U.S., they do need to bear a couple of legal issues in mind. One is, of course, if they have a data breach and personal data is exposed, they have a variety of reporting obligations that need to be taken into consideration, and many of them rise very quickly after the breach, and there are certainly penalties for not complying with those reporting obligations to state and federal regulators. Besides the reporting requirements, what are some of the other concerns? A second issue for the companies that possess a great deal of personal data in the United States is that the Federal Trade Commission has the ability to define an act as unfair if it is likely to cause consumers significant consumer injury, and that injury outweighs the benefits of the service that's provided with the data. And last but not least, the injury is not outweighed by the benefits and cannot be reasonably avoided by measures that are, in fact, employable. The bottom line is that companies need to be mindful of any commitments they've made, either in their online agreements with consumers or other statements they've made about their protection of data, because if, in fact, there is a breach and the data is made available to third parties who will use it improperly, the companies may have some regulatory issues with the FTC and, of course, liability to the consumers in a class action for misrepresenting their ability to protect. That's inside the U.S. Talk about considerations for companies outside the United States. 
for companies that do business globally, they have to take into consideration that other countries around the world, including but not limited to the member states of the European Union, take a much broader view of what personal data should be protected. And you've heard about, no doubt, the right to be forgotten in Europe, for example. And now there's a new question in Europe as to whether or not individuals will have under a general data protection regulation that will go into effect in May of next year, whether individuals will have a right to explanation of decisions that are made on an automated basis based on their personal data. So those are some of the highlights, David, with regard to the protection of data and the issues that companies need to be mindful of. You mentioned the right to explanation. Can you talk about its potential impact? If, in fact, and this is a very open question, I must emphasize, but if, in fact, the new General Data Protection Regulation, known as GDPR in Europe, which goes into effect in May of next year, creates a right of explanation of automated decisions made about individuals based on personal data, then that's going to raise a technical problem or issue for the developers of AI because certain aspects of AI, for example, deep learning, do not at present generally provide to people the ability to ascertain and to determine why the artificial intelligence made the decision it made. So you can see the conflict. If there's a right to explanation and the AI cannot provide it, then that's going to be a big regulatory conundrum. Let's talk about intellectual property. Those issues are attendant anytime tech's involved. What are your concerns in terms of the challenges, Bob, presented by AI from an intellectual property perspective? What can we look for there? Well, let's talk first about the ability of companies to protect intellectual property in the artificial intelligence products that they develop. There was a decision of the United States Supreme Court just a few years ago in the patent area, which held in essence that a computer program that's an abstract idea is not patentable unless it actually improves the operation of a computer. There's a, an actual improvement of the computing process. And in short, it's no longer sufficient for the developer of software to say that it creates or implements a new method that is implemented on a computer. The individual or company has to be able to show that the invention in question actually improves the operation of the computer. And in particular, what this requires is more disclosure in the patent than probably has historically been the case with regard to many of these method patents. This raises the question of whether or not patents are the right way to go versus, for example, trade secrets, which by definition are not disclosed. Another issue here with regard to IP, David, is that you cannot, at least in the U.S., you cannot patent data per se. Indeed, you can copyright the presentation of data under certain circumstances, but you can't copyright the data itself. You can claim a trade secret in data, provided, of course, you maintain the data in confidence. So one thing companies are evaluating is whether they want to continue to rely on patent protection, to what degree they want to do that, versus their reliance upon trade secret rights. And last but not least, David, I would say that companies are going to need an international strategy for the protection of IP because not all countries, for example, follow the concept of the Alice decision. Consequently, software can be patented under different criteria in, for example, China or Japan than it can be in the U.S. So, of course, the company has to watch not only what it's doing, but what its competitors do. So it's going to need an international strategy with regard to the protection of IP more now than ever. 
One last thought on the subject of 5P is whether or not AI itself, whether a computer with AI can obtain a patent or copyright or have a trade secret itself. The short answer today is no, but we'll see where that ends up uh, down the road. What about liability for companies implementing AI? Well, here I would cite to you, David, the example of the development of autonomous cars. Traditionally, when you think about the liability of a car maker, for example, for a malfunction in the car, one of the claims is that the car or a component or system in the car was unreasonably dangerous at the time it was sold. AI, of course, is largely implemented in software. Well, traditionally, software was not considered a product. Today, however, we're talking about using software, in particular AI, of course, with autonomous vehicles to control a vehicle that can cause serious injury if not kill. And so I think that question is going to be answered differently. The other question, of course, or another aspect of this is that the court evaluates the benefits of the new product or system versus the risk. And so you're going to have the rather difficult task of evaluating the risk that are raised by AI when the AI will, as I mentioned a moment ago, adjust as it goes. One final thought with regard to product liability for purposes of this answer is if it continues to be the case that in large measure deep learning and perhaps machine learning cannot provide an explanation of why a particular decision was made and, for example, a car was controlled to take a particular action at a particular point in time, this is going to make the resolution of disputes in the courtroom far more complicated. It will require, for example, a great deal more expert testimony that's going to be very difficult for a jury or a judge to understand. All of this is why some people think in the context of the automobiles and the autonomous cars, the car makers will ultimately assume responsibility and will self-insure or get insurance to protect the cars that they sell. And this, of course, would upend the traditional model of the individual consumer or user of cars having insurance for, for accidents. That may be all well and good for the car companies, but, of course, the question is, will that spill over to other industries with different products that are produced by smaller companies that may not have the ability to either self-insure or get insurance? Absolutely. One more legal topic. Talk about labor and employment. There are computer programs on the market today that allow employers to evaluate whether potential employees are really qualified for a particular job opening whether their personalities are such that they'll fit into the company culture and so forth. In many cases, these programs go out on the web and pull information from social media about the individual applicant in question. There are even programs that will allow you, based on the same kind of data, to evaluate whether there are employees at competitors or other companies that might be likely to leave that company and join you. That's interesting. Talk about some of the potential legal issues. We tend to think of computers as being objective, and the criteria in question, certainly to the creators of these programs, is thought to be objective. But what the providers of these programs have to keep in mind, and what more significantly potential employers have to keep in mind, are the legal concepts of disparate treatment and disparate impact. Can you give us a few examples of disparate impact? If the computer is trained to evaluate voice, for example, the statements that an individual perhaps makes over the telephone to an employer or in an in-person interview, if that computer has been trained to recognize voices and to search for certain terms based upon the voices of white persons, mm. there is a risk that that computer program may, in fact, 
have implicit biases against people from other races. Uh, and if it treats them differently, then the employer faces the potential claim of discrimination based upon the, the fact that the computer program adversely impacted individuals based on their race or sex or some other protected class. Even if the computer doesn't do that per se, if the operation or use of this kind of program has a disparate impact, if, for example, the program is used and a disproportionate number of white applicants are accepted for further interviews or offered a job over others, or males versus females, then that may be a situation where the computer program has what the law refers to as a disparate impact. So disparate impact can come about intentionally and purely unintentionally. Couldn't that bring about more risk for a company? Certainly. In either case, the employer then faces the possibility of a government investigation and potential penalties, as well as an individual claim for discrimination, and may very well face the rather difficult burden of trying to prove that the benefit of using the program outweighed the risk and that the risk could have been moderated. So I think it's all well and good to try and automate the employment process, but one does need to be mindful of continuing to evaluate the impact of the use of that program on protected classes. There must be some way, if it's this sophisticated to begin with, there must be a way to up it to another level to make sure that those inferences aren't made and that kind of discrimination doesn't happen. Certainly the computer will be trained to review and analyze this data, and it, the persons who oversee that training need to make sure that they do, in fact, do it in an objective manner. And then I think it has to be tested, and the results have to be evaluated and adjustments made as necessary as you go. And, of course, the final check is a human being has to be involved in making the final decisions. The computer programs that we're talking about are very good at identifying candidates, but at the end of the day, some HR professional or some other person at the employer very definitely needs to be involved in making sure that the information and data is evaluated fairly. Bob, thanks for being here today. For more information from Jones Day on artificial intelligence, autonomous vehicles, and similar subjects, go to jonesday.com forward slash technology. You'll find publications, Jones Day Talks podcasts, including the previous program on AI, and contact information for Bob Katner and other lawyers in our technology practice. Thanks for listening to Jones Day Talks Technology. I'm Dave Dalton. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Jones Day Talks. Comments heard on Jones Day Talks should not be construed as legal advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. The opinions expressed on Jones Day Talks are those of lawyers appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect those of the firm. For more information, please visit jonesday.com.